Happy Sabbath, everyone. Good to see you all. I'm seeing a lot of changes on the stage. Uh, Christmas is approaching us. I want to thank everyone who has uh, brought gifts to uh, the church and brought it under the tree. Those are for our Angel Tree Project. This um, afternoon, a group of Pathfinders will be going out to the community and um, giving out gifts to children whose parents are incarcerated. And so we want to thank you all again for participating. I want to talk about a different change today. There is a shift in the paradigm where in the past, many began the journey of faith by believing. And through belief, we experienced God and found our identity in God and we belonged. There's a guy named Mark Ostreicher and in his presentation, he writes this. Before, if it was believed, to behave, to belong. Now, it begins with belonging and you experience and through that behavior, we believe. For for any youth um, that's growing, there is uh, three tasks of adolescence. And these are the things that you struggle with and go through. First is identity. Who am I? And then second is autonomy. How do my choices matter? And lastly, it's about affinity or belonging. Where where and to whom do I belong? And um, this is a three-legged stool, right? And um, apparently, in these three different times, uh, people who, who are growing at young age, experience and focus most on these things. The post-World War II to 1970, um, they resonated most with identity after the war. And then 1970 to 2000, um, they focused more on the autonomy. How do my choices matter? And the generation now, what they believe and what they really focus on is, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? And so this is a new generation. And belonging happens when you identify with another entity, whether it's a person, organization, or group, or as a collective whole. And belonging does not need to be reciprocal. Belonging is uh, opt-in and 100% under the control of the person considering it. And the community has a compound formula of PU8, S4, P2, and then I. So it's a general thing that you can try to uh, think about. Public belonging occurs when people connect through an outer, outside influence. And social belonging occurs when we share snapshots of who we are. And personal belonging occurs when we share private but not naked experiences, feelings, and thoughts all together. And intimate belonging occurs when we share naked information and are not ashamed. Which part of belonging do you uh, feel like you belong to here at our church? You know, the younger generation now seeks and looks for a place to belong first. And when we found our belonging, we experienced together 
in a communal place, and through the experience, we believe. And so what we're asked and challenged to do is to change our starting point. We must offer belonging prior to belief. Um, What you see is a group of youth sitting in front together, right? That is a natural phenomenon of belonging, right? Um, When we see people looking for a new church, when youth comes out to check out a new place for the first time, a lot of times the question that we weigh and we ask is, do I belong here? Where is my place in society? It's not that belief isn't important in this modern time, but it's that the communal aspect of God is found to be more relevant and sought for. Um, Do you guys see what that is? Raise your hands if you, uh, on your friend's birthday, text them and say, happy birthday. And you do, that's the only thing you do. Congratulations, you are old. <laughs> um, the younger generation, raise your hand if you, your friend has a birthday, then you find a picture that you're with them and you post it on Instagram. Yes. And what else they do, which is very interesting, is the person who has a birthday then reposts the post of the pictures taken together and updates them throughout the whole day, demonstrating a line of pictures taken with their friends in the past, posted by their friends. And it shows a communal support from the friend, and it's a way for them to flex, right? It's a term, it's, it's, it's what they do um, to the social community that they belong, right? They're saying that more picture equals more friends which means more flexing, right? Um, I had an opportunity to uh, try this. One of my youth uh, tagged me, and it took me like four different tries to get it right, right? So what they do is they make a snowman, right? And um, after you do it, you tag other friends, and they have to make another snowman, and then repost it, repost it. I know Muse uh, (laughs) helped me along the way. I had to try so many times, but... um, This is what they do now. This is what they do to reaffirm, this is who I belong. They check it. They double-check it. They make sure. I started at Loma Linda about four and a half years ago um, in a place considered the Mecca of Adventism. And for youth, what? There's over 20 churches around that you can go visit, check out, Uh, that you can attend with dozens of activities to choose every Sabbath. So when church focus is based on activities and programs, the determining factor for youth deciding to attend is based on the interest of either the activity or who's going, right? So the ultimate question is, who's consuming what with me? Who's going to do what with me? I want to introduce you to um, a concept of hippos and honeybee, okay? Less hippos and more honeybee. I got it from a group called uh, Christian Endeavor. Oh, where's the hippo? Oh, we're missing the hippo. Okay, so the concept of hippos and honeybee, honeybee, did you know that an average hippo will eat 
110 pounds of food each day. They consume, they consume, and they just consume more. And so the majority of youth ministry in North America is also based on consumer mentality. You feed them, you just give them, and you give them more. And even teaching the Bible, the Word of God, is a way of consuming, if left alone at that, right? Um, The honeybees, on the other hand, they are creators. They're workers, right? It takes about one to two millions of bees for making just one pound of honey together. Working with network, they serve one another, and the queen bee, and they have a place of belonging. They have a hive. They have a purpose. They have a mission. They have a goal. They have a community. They have a place of belonging. You know, one thing that really saddens me when I hear uh, someone say, youth is the future. I heard that so many times when I was growing up. And it's sad because it robs the youth of the present that they are and the present that they are so eager to live. They're so eager to do something, to be and to do. And the sign of younger generations seeking for Belonging can also be found in our very own church. Last August, a group of our youth leaders and myself, we went on a retreat to pray, to plan and to practice for our youth ministry in Palm Springs. And so amongst many things that we tried to achieve that day, one of the things that we wanted to do for sure was we wanted to come up with a name of our own for our youth group name. And after much discussion and brainstorming, one of our very own, uh, Joseph Park, he came up with a name that many youth resonated with. And it's my, it's my message title for today, which is called The Refuge. Right? And we wanted our name to describe a safe place, focused on the youth being family. You know, we don't have, want to focus on what the activity is, but just being um, on being close to each other, providing a place where anyone can feel welcomed and feel that they belong. A place I didn't know at that time, um, but it was a concept that Joseph was so keen and up-to-date with. He was right on point in subconsciously defining where his generation stood without even thinking, right? What was important for people his age? He was truly describing his generation when he came up with the name Refuge. And it's true. People are yearning to belong. Um, These are some of the things that we've been doing as youth, decorating Christmas tree, um, setting up. Uh, We sent gifts, care packages to college students who are away. Uh, Help out with community outreach, fall festival, VBS, um, go to Alzheimer's Center as uh, Pathfinders, just many things. That's uh, one of our older youth. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this generation just loves to belong and do. 
because it's what defines them. And the truth is, as a result, as an outcome, we are producing honey. We're making honey. It's a lot of work and dedication that requires support from parents, um, youth leaders, just everyone to work together. And at the, at the end, we produce a tiny bit, just a little bit of pure honey. You know, you know how to tell whether you have real honey or not? So there's a test you can do, right? The fake honey, if you put it in water, what happens is it just ends up dissolving, right? But real honey, when you put it in water, it forms shape. It retains the hexagon. It goes back to its original form. And that's what happens when we do ministry as we belong. You test it with the water, through the Holy Spirit, and what you end up seeing is real honey produced. Not so much, very tiny. Sometimes it's hard to see or even taste. But at the end, that's what we experience. It's all about training. It's all about equipping. That is how we do ministry, retaining that honey. And after focusing on the change in our youth, what determined what we did wasn't the interest of the activity because we chose together as a group on what we wanted to do with intention of welcoming and giving and bringing others to our belonging. That's what's important. It's no longer about what activity we do, but who we're with, who we have this time, precious time together. You know, oftentimes, those who cannot find belonging will end up, stop coming to church. If there's no belonging, there's no behavior, there's no experience. And if there's no experience, there is no belief. A lot of church hoppers, um, when we have intention, when we go with intention to find a church, um, we shouldn't go with the mindset of being consumers, right? They should look for a place to serve and create. Those who go with the concept of consumer will end up not belonging because there's nothing, nothing is good enough to satisfy the needs or fill the holes that they have in their lives, Uh, There's a guy named Blaise Pascal who wrote, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Christ Jesus. Is there a void in your heart? Do you ask yourself, do you belong? Are there people in the Bible that you see? who have not belonged. And that's the story that we're going through today, which is the story of 10 leper. And this account begins with 10 unclean men, all of them who were lepers, who lived on the outskirts of town. And these 10 social outcasts who do not belong to any but themselves. No family to go to, no friends No loved ones will be 
with them. They live cut off from society and only belong to each other in their sharing of the worst disease known in their time. The Jews and Samaritans would not normally live together, but misery loves company. And all ten were outcasts. You know, is there anyone here who feel like they're outcasts? Do you have a hard time belonging here at our church? Are there any loners out there? From school, from your own family, um, perhaps even from here. But these men had hope because Jesus was there. And they cried out for mercy. And we have Jesus, who is in total command of even disease, death, and loneliness. The truth is, we live in a time of social leprosy, where we are rotting inside daily in struggle to be accepted, to belong. We fear to not belong. And yet, we are out our own judge to each other in accepting or rejection, rejecting in our own circles. Is there any leper amongst us hiding in plain sight, trembling in our own seats, questioning even now, at this moment, asking, do I belong here? Where do I fit in? Who do I sit with when I come to church? What table do I belong to during potluck time? The first thing that Jesus does for the ten lepers, he says, go see the priest. You know, you may wonder, why does Jesus tell them to go and see the priest? What Jesus is doing, he's putting them right back in. Back into the town you go. Back into the place where you belonged before. Into the society where you once belonged but were kicked out of. Show yourself. And can you imagine what they had to go through? The greatest fear to step back into that society. Unclean. Into that place where they once belonged but are rejected. The place where people who cast them out, the friends and family, they're all there. And Jesus Christ helps them find their way placed back in their society. And Jesus is saying, that starts with God. Your belonging must start with God. Show yourself to the priest. Make right with God. And whether it's confessing your sins, pleading for help, Jesus commands them to appear in front of the priest to be healed. You know, Loma Linda is not an easy place to adjust or to fit in. Took me over four years and I'm still adjusting, right? Just getting a little better and better. And Jesus says, go in. Are there any 10 lepers here at LLKC? Because first thing Jesus does is welcome the lepers and says, you will be accepted in the house of God. Talks about identity. Talks about belonging. Choices. All can be done under Jesus. You are before a leper, before a sinner, before an outcast, a child of God. 
God wants you to claim who you are, where you belong. And Jesus claims them. And Jesus shook. And it resonated them in their hearts. Where no one is willing to associate themselves, um, no posting picture together, no eating together, no hangout, no church activity, Jesus says, I associate myself with you. Jesus knew exactly what was needed. I want to talk about Jesus in action. They needed to belong. In this journey, in this, in this process, as they were going, they were healed. And the journey was just as important as the destination. How is your journey at our church? Do you find your destination here belonging? But it's not only having a sense of belonging. For the leper, it wasn't just a social belonging to them. Nine went back to where they belonged before after they're healed. But new with Jesus and new personal relationship with Jesus Christ, this Samaritan understood that going back to Jesus was where true sense of belonging exists. Even though in society they were outcasts, they had a sense of belonging together with each other. We have that, right? There's a sense of belonging somewhat here amongst each other. You've come to church You've had a sense of belonging at church, but perhaps you haven't had that chance of relationship with Jesus Christ. And the experience of grace and healing in your life, where a sinner could just come and just cry out to Jesus, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Your belonging here should help you to get to your next level which is to find your belonging in Christ. It should lead you to Jesus Christ. It cannot be just a social gathering here. And God doesn't want us to just get comfortable in our place of belonging. God doesn't want us to just belong. You know, of the ten, only one returns. Of the ten, only one Samaritan. He stands out. All ten, perhaps thankful, but only one has thankfulness in action. Why? Why return? Why give thanks? And the answer is because of the gratitude in reaction to Jesus' action. It was Jesus who gave first. It was Jesus who provided them. I want to ask, what is our GQ? And when I say that, I mean our gratitude quotient. How often do we take our blessings for granted and fail to thank God? Too often we are content to enjoy the gift, but we forget the giver. We are quick to pray, but slow to praise. Seeing the priest healed all ten of them. But coming back to Jesus 
saved the Samaritan. Do we come to church just to be healed? Or in affirmation of our salvation? Is church more than a social gathering to you? Can this be a place where sinners come and seek God? In Jesus, is Jesus just an insurance? Or do we have assurance in Jesus Christ? The Samaritan understood this truth. And this is what I want you to leave home with. The Samaritan understood that Jesus was the refuge. Our true belonging is not a what or where, but it is who. And Jesus is the refuge. When youth came up with the name refuge and thought of a place, safe place, I want you to know that Jesus is that safe place. When we find our true place of belonging in Jesus, we can then give from a grateful heart. Joshua chapter 20 speaks of a place called City of Refuge. There's actually six cities of refuge. It is a place where if someone accidentally kills someone or commits murder, they can run away and be safe from the Avengers. And until the trial and investigation is done, this place, they can rest. It is in this place that they can be safe from those who are chasing them, from those people who want justice for what they may have done. Here they may rest from their enemy. And did you know that during um, their their time of stay, if, if the high priest dies, all their sins and charges are forgiven. Before, they can't do anything. They just got to wait, and they have to wait for the judgment. There is no other place to go. But Jesus says, no. To sinners, to lepers who are decaying, Jesus says, I am going to die on your behalf. I am your high priest. I am going to be for you. God has redeemed us at the cross given us a new, sanctified, justified life. And so we have this theme, follow Jesus, love like Jesus. We cannot say yes to the way things were. As we receive from Jesus, we are able to give back. As we learn to follow Jesus, we experience and we're able to give back the love that Jesus gave us. We belong in Jesus, and we experience through Jesus, and we believe. As we learn to follow Jesus, we experience, and as we are able to give back the love, Jesus is that point where everything changes. 180 degrees. Jesus is our refuge. You know, I've been asked to do something that is very challenging for me. Um, I've been asked to preach about giving because this is the month of giving, December. But I'm not really good at asking. 
So instead, I have a challenge. I want, you, I want to ask that you receive. Find an opportunity here at our church to be a honeybee rather than being a hippo. Have an opportunity to be a creator at our church. Look for a ministry that you can be involved and serve in. There are so many ministries here. Children's ministry, we have amazing staff and people who are dedicated. Youth ministry, we have so many awesome parents, right? Youth leaders and those that are just wanting to work together and serve. We have campus ministry, right? Young adults who are so qualified and capable and they want to partake. And any place you feel that God has called you to serve, challenge yourself. Receive first. And when you have found your own place to belong here, you know, it's really funny to ask to give because you are church, right? You are church. And so if you give to church, and if you're a church, what does that mean? You're investing in yourself. You're investing in God's ministry. When you have found your place to belong, when you have met Jesus personally as a leper, as a sinner in need of a Savior, when you have received, then if you are thankful, if you have received much And if you are able to give. If you're like the ten lepers who experienced healing. And if you have, like the one Samaritan, experienced saving. Then I ask, then give. If you're ready to give from a place of gratitude. And I want you to think of yourself in this place, in this place. situation. Think of yourself as an owner, not a donor. This church is you. You have called to be owner of this house. And if that is your case, then you can um, please scan the code. Uh, There's a QR available. 